Hey, welcome back to the channel. My name is Seamland and we're going to do another Instagram Q&A. If you want to ask me a question and uh, get in featured in this uh, Q&A, then yeah, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Seamland and I'm doing those Q&As regularly there. This episode is brought to you by Bond Charge, formerly known as Blue Blocks. My favorite light and sea position companies, Blue Blocks, has rebranded themselves as Bond Charge. They're now involved with a huge range of evidence-based products to improve your wellness and life in every way. Their extensive range of premium wellness products helps you to sleep better, perform better, have more energy, recover faster, balance your hormones and reduce inflammation. My favorites are their red light light bulbs because they can be used to create a melatonin friendly environment in your bedroom by shining only red and not blue or green light waves that will reduce your sleep quality. After starting to use these red light light bulbs, I find it much easier to fall asleep and feel less awake before bed. If you want to try out these amazing products that are the cornerstones to my most optimal sleep, then head over to bondcharge.com forward slash seamlund and use the code seam15 to save 15%. Alright, first question, do fat burners work? So, uh, I mean, yeah, let's be honest, most fat burners are not really what they say they are. I mean, the main mechanism by which most fat burners work is through just having caffeine that makes your, you know, heart racing and increases your know metabolic rate through that so you're just you know more energized and jittery by doing that so coffee is essentially like the best fat burner uh, through that mechanism uh, but uh, there are let's say very few actual compounds that can also help with you know increasing a metabolic rate and uh, thermoregulation uh, by like yeah little being like a fat burner and the only one that I uh, know is like yohimbine alpha yohimbine is uh, the only thing that I've tried myself and I do feel that it has like this uh, let's say fat burning effect and when I do take it then it's much easier to lose fat when you are let's say uh, doing cardio and that kind of thing but the caveat to that is that it also like you know can make you a bit uh, jittery or uh, makes you feel like a bit uh, like a tunnel vision uh, if you take it too much uh, so yeah be kind of uh, careful with that generally I much rather stick to just you know caffeine just regular coffee maybe green tea is also like a very safe and uh, thing like that but I wouldn't go for any like these let's say more um, actual fat burners most of them just work through uh, caffeine even if it's like green tea extract or something uh, most of the results are just going to come from uh, caffeine that makes you just move more and burn more calories does cardio cause more hung hunger uh, well the research does suggest that you know if you doing exercise then you tend to have better hunger and leptin sensitivity so you're not actually getting hungrier the more exercise you do it kind of fixes your uh, leptin sensitivity in a positive way that makes you let's say or helps you to regulate your appetite and uh, satiety much better so no generally exercise won't make you hungrier uh, unless you are you know doing a ton of exercise that of course makes you hungrier by virtue of you needing more energy that's a, like a natural response but uh, getting like this uncontrollable hunger and cravings then uh, that can happen if you get like too stressed out from the exercise so yeah like doing too much cardio can like make you crave stuff uh, but it shouldn't make you hungrier if you uh, do it the right way and in like a moderation compared to resistance training then resistance training uh, in my opinion doesn't have any like hunger increasing effects uh, cardio might uh, but the both of them overall in the long term will improve your leptin sensitivity that actually helps you to regulate your appetite a bit better can you do ice bath every day is it good or bad for your body 
So I wouldn't uh, recommend doing like an ice bath or cold exposure every day because you know it can have like a negative effect on your thyroid and of course it can also like suppress muscle hypertrophy if you do it at least after the workout. So yeah, you don't want to be doing that uh, chronically every day. I would much rather do it only on like rest days or uh, before uh, lifting weights. So as a pre-workout almost like in the morning on the days. Does a hot uh, does a hot bathtub have the same effect as a sauna? Uh, it uh, might uh, to a certain extent. It can raise your body temperature. It can have like some heat shock protein activation if it gets super warm. Uh, the only problem with the hot tub and uh, hot bath is that it also like reduce your sperm uh, count uh, if you're a man and can reduce your fertility. So I wouldn't do that <laughs> at least if you're trying to conceive or um, at least not chronically for sure. It uh, yeah other effects can have like something something similar, although I would imagine that it you know for it to have the same effects as the sauna the water would need to be too hot for you to bear so it's much easier to get it done with the sauna. Broad multivitamin a bad idea. <clears throat> so taking like regular multivitamin I don't think that it's worth it or you know you do get all these different vitamins and stuff but. Um, Generally, they're not really absorbed because you first of all you get in too large amounts, uh, unreasonable amounts, and second of all, like some of them may compete with each other in terms of absorption. So yeah, like actually like smaller quantities and uh, taking them separately is probably better. There are like a few studies that uh, I've noticed that have that the multivitamin has like a cognitive effects in the elderly. Taking a multivitamin improves cognition and prevents cognitive decline. So in that sense, it's also you know. Um, can be beneficial but uh, it shouldn't be a necessary option if you are eating a good diet like you can take one ounce of liver every day and that's your multivitamin uh, much much better much more uh, bioavailable better solution than that are all collagen supplements good or should I look for something specific uh, I mean generally collagen is collagen uh, there isn't any significant difference between marine collagen or uh, bovine collagen so beef or fish and um, yeah, I mean, some collagen can come from, let's say, hooves of uh, cows. Uh, others come from, you know, nails and skin and uh, whatever. Uh, but yeah, generally collagen is still collagen um, in terms of the amino acid profile. Uh, you just need to maybe like look which source is uh, okay for you. Like, do you want marine or a bovine? Uh, but generally the amino acid profile is generally the same. Vegetables always cause bloating for me. You leave them out entirely? Question mark. So you know that depends on the severity of your bloating and are you getting other symptoms. If you're only getting bloating, then chances are it's much more to do with your gut health and your digestion than the vegetables. Because I mean, I eat vegetables every day in uh, large quantities and I don't get any bloating. I'm yeah very lean and uh, have no issues with that. So it has to do with your subjective. Uh, digestion and uh, there are ways to you know improve that first of all I would start with uh, basically preparing them better so cook them more thoroughly uh, steam them boil them oven cook them whatever it is but don't eat them like raw <laughs> so don't eat like these vegetables completely raw that can for sure cause issues because of the high fiber content and uh, making them more like softer breaking down some of the fiber makes them for sure easier to digest uh, then, you know, if there is certain, uh, let's say, certain uh, plants like beans or something, then you need to soak them 
Uh, chances are like you don't need to soak broccoli, <laughs> but you definitely need to cook it thoroughly. You can add apple cider vinegar, you can add some uh, you know salt to it and oil, uh, olive oil. Actually, you need, you need some you know fats to absorb some of the nutrients from vegetables as well and greens, salads. So adding vinegar, olive oil and salt is the perfect like, um, you know, health combo, but it's also a good uh, culinary combo for making it tasting uh, better. Um, connection between blue zones diet and longevity. So blue zones, blue zones, these are longevity hotspots, they have quite diverse diets or they don't have like identical diets. Some ident identical things that you do have is that they eat uh, some uh, plants and uh, vegetables. They tend to have olive oil in their diet. Some of them drink some red wine, maybe except uh, the Okinawans, uh, but they do eat the uh, fish. Uh, they eat protein, uh, they eat meat for sure, but uh, yeah, they're not like a super meat heavy diet. They eat like basic, basically like a good balanced diet that has plenty of uh, vegetables as well as olive oil is kind of the main commonalities uh, amongst uh, most of them and uh, I think more importantly is what they do in addition to the diet so they also you know maintain physically active lifestyle they have a very uh, close community they have social connections they have a purpose in life so I think that's they have a clean environment they don't live in like a very urbanized environments so I think that's more important in terms of the longevity and uh, the diet isn't you know that important when it comes to health and longevity I think you know what matters more is the calorie intake making sure that you get enough of the nutrients uh, you're not deficient and you're uh, yeah pretty much covering those aspects of longevity then doing like you know some low intensity exercise and uh, making sure that you're happy so like i think a lot of the reasons why these people live long is that they're happy they're happy with you know their family and uh, social environments um do, do, do. what do you think of nofap and semen retention <laughs> so that's an interesting question i haven't had that one in a long time um so i think for, for males, it's not healthy to like ejaculate every day or something um, or multiple times a day. They do have a studies, at least one study that I've seen that the abstaining from ejaculation uh, makes your testosterone rise up to the point of day seven and it doesn't increase from there. So maybe like once a week, if you're interested in boosting your testosterone levels, can have maybe some rationale behind it, but you know, in a realistic scenario, something like, you know, uh, let's say it's healthy probably to ejaculate maybe twice a week or something. Uh, you don't need to do them more than that. Uh, and um, let's say uh, ejaculating every day is probably not that good. If you do ejaculate a lot, <laughs> then uh, you need to consume more zinc, basically, like seafood, oysters, and uh, protein. To do. -do. What's better to eat if I lay down all the time? Knee injury. Is it okay to keep high carb? So I guess that means that you're like injured right now and you can't move and you're sitting on a couch pretty much all the time. So in that case, I would yeah stick to low carb keto. Uh, there's uh, no reason to eat like high carbs and it's probably better for your blood work uh, if you do that. So high protein, high carb vegetable, uh, sorry, uh, high protein and uh, plenty of vegetables, some healthy fats as well. And you know, take collagen, BPC-157 can help, uh, so yeah, blood flow restriction training with cutter bands, you can even do that without uh, raising up, <laughs> without standing up. How to lower prevent high blood sugar from fasted exercise? Mm, well, 
yeah, I mean, it's inevitable that your blood sugar will rise during exercise, and I don't think that's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing unhealthy about it. It's a natural response. Uh, things that can raise it too high can be that you're doing the exercise after consuming a lot of caffeine or after being like super sympathetic, like taking a cold shower, then going for exercise, <laughs> sleeping only two hours and then going for exercise. So yeah, make sure that you're not uh, over distressed out before the exercise. So, you know, drink tea, actually, not uh, coffee, maybe uh, green tea before it's going to help with uh, some of the, the exercise adaptations and uh, helps with uh, the longevity side without raising your blood sugar the same way caffeine does and fat burning as well. Um, all right, best collagen powder you recommend for women? The one I like right now is uh, by Do Not Age. So they have a perfect uh, collagen peptides powder and uh, it's actually pretty cheap as well. So Do, do Not Age, the code is SIM, S-I-A-M for 10%. Uh, how much protein per day to build muscle? So you, you know the recent study that uh, I saw by cited by uh, Menno Henselmans uh, said that only, you need only 0.7 grams per pound of body weight. So uh, that's the, like the minimal that you can see. But I personally think that yeah, optimally one gram per pound of body weight is a good thing to aim for. You can stick to 0.8 grams per pound of body weight as well. So if you weigh let's say 75 kilos. Then that's going to be around 70, uh, sorry, 150 grams protein or 140 grams protein, somewhere between there. You can get more, but it's not going to help you build muscle more. Uh, so I personally, I weigh 82 kilograms, so I'd stick to around 160 grams protein or 140 to 150 grams, somewhere between there. And uh, what I've noticed is that if I'm eating more carbs on a high carb diet, then I can get away with less protein. Um, and likewise with keto, you can get away with less protein if you are keto. Uh, so you need to have like this uh, basic energy substrate, whether that be glucose from carbs or uh, ketones from fat to uh, make you protein sparing. If you're not in ketosis and you're not getting carbs and you're eating a shit ton of protein, then uh, then that can make you like catabolic. You can start to uh, lose muscle. But if you're getting energy from carbs or fats, then uh, yeah, it's uh, you can get it some less protein. Um, Do, do, do. Next question. Can someone do OMAD with morning workouts and still get the benefits of a long fast? Yes. You know, there's one option that you eat uh, in early part of the day and you fast until the evening and sleep in a fasted state. So that's option. Um, the other option is that, yeah, you still eat, let's say, dinner, you work out in the morning uh, and uh, you fast after the workout for many hours. So that's not the ideal for recovery side, but... Uh, I mean, yeah, in certain situations, every once in a while, it can still, you can still uh, pull it off. So what I would recommend to do is, uh, you know, you can work out still in the morning in a fasted state and have like two meals. So you don't need to do OMAD. So you have fasted morning workout, you have lunch, and then you have dinner. You're going to get pretty much as many results as you would do it with OMAD. And the only difference is that you're going to make more gains and you're going to progress faster. Is there a way to correct salt sensitivity from other than abstaining from salt? So um, salt sensitivity tends to, in my opinion, happen if you're, uh, you know, pre-diabetic or you have insulin resistance. So uh, high levels of insulin and high carbohydrate intake makes you retain more of the salt and the sodium and uh, the water. So that's going to cause the hypertension from that. If you're restricting carbs, you're eating low carb or keto, 
then the high salt intake, first of all, you're not going to retain that much uh, sodium because you're going to excrete it and uh, um, you're going to lose the water weight as well in so doing. So yeah, I think the best way to correct salt sensitivity is to first you know, make sure that you're not insulin resistant and pre-diabetic and to do that, you or the healthy way to go about it in that scenario is to go on a lower carb uh, diet and even like restricting some of the salt initially. After like a few days even, you can start to already see improvements uh, by doing that and fasting, you know, fasting can also help with uh, blood pressure and uh, losing uh, basically water weight. Does oat milk on coffee break my fast? So we did, uh, with my wife, we did uh, the uh, CGM experiment, continuous glucose monitoring, and uh, the oat milk was the biggest spike on your blood sugar in the morning because it has some carbs and uh, sugar in it. Uh, so yeah, even like regular milk isn't going to spike your blood sugar, but the oat milk will definitely do it. So I, I would definitely reconsider adding oat milk to the coffee uh, because it will probably yeah, break the fast more so than other types of milk, uh, including the plant-based milks. Uh, how, how to microdose gluten, the amount and frequency. So uh, microdosing gluten is my concept or what I call just eating gluten every once in a while without worrying so that you wouldn't become intolerant to it. So the, you know, the problem with these very restrictive diets is that you neglect certain food groups and over time you just become sensitive to it because you're not used to consuming them. And uh, this kind of feeds the cycle. Let's say you're on um, no gluten diet, you're avoiding gluten for let's say three months, then you accidentally eat some gluten, okay, I'm gonna have this piece of bread or pizza, whatever, and then you get this, oh, I'm bloated, I'm uh, super stuffed and feeling uncomfortable. You know, chances are it's not because of the gluten itself, chances are it's because you're, you know, have lost your ability to tolerate gluten because you've been avoiding it for months. And for me, you know, I microdose the gluten quite often <laughs> and uh, many times per week and, uh, you know, I'm not overeating it. I'm not getting so like lethargic and uh, stuff uh, from that. I'm just eating a small amount so that my body could still manage it. I mean, humans have been eating still gluten for, you know, tens of thousands of years uh, or at least 10,000 years. And uh, only in like the modern world, but people are consuming it like super large amounts and uh, they're doing it like this um, super refined processed way. That's where the problems tend to come from and uh, even like when I was having my honeymoon in uh, Sicily people eat pasta and gluten all the time but they're leanest <laughs> one of the leanest people I've seen in terms of uh, normies like they're much leaner than Americans and uh, this is also very common among tourists who travel to Europe like they go to Europe they eat bread and croissants but they don't gain weight obviously they walk around a lot but uh, you know it's probably has to do with some of the way the grain has been refined and uh, yeah the the entire point about the microdosing gluten is that you should still, you know, consume some of the allergenic foods that uh, that uh, can keep your body able to tolerate them. Of course, if you have an actual celiac disease or let's say dairy lactose intolerance, then don't do it. It's kind of not a good idea. But if you're an average person and you think you're healthy by being on a gluten-free diet, then I think it's healthier to actually, yeah, microdose the gluten every once in a while, at least once a week, like a small serving of that and when i say a small serving then that's yeah like you know whatever a slice of bread or um, a bit of pasta or it depends on your tolerance like i can eat <laughs> i can eat like yeah three kilos of pizza without getting any symptoms and i can still lose weight but yeah someone else um who may have more sensitivity then yeah just a slice of bread or something like that <clears throat> 
how much milliliters coffee per day can I use per max to can I use uh, maximum to not get problems? So uh, I think you know one cup of coffee has like a hundred milligrams or milligrams of caffeine, and um, you know how much caffeine are I getting from coffee depends on yeah the uh, let's say the amount of caffeine in the beans or in the coffee and the strength of the coffee. So I think uh, some are like. Th- 200, 300 is very safe. Nothing's kind of bad happen from that. If you get like 500 or 600, then that tends to be too much. So you're, you may get like overly anxious and you can interrupt your sleep. But somewhere between, yeah, 300 is a, like a good upper limit with no issues. So like, you know, two to three cups of coffee per day is very safe. Uh, ice balls <laughs> pre or post-workout. Um, so icing your testicles should do it before or after a workout. Um, well, you know, cooling down your extremities <laughs> has been shown to actually boost performance. So in studies where they use these mittens to cool down the palms, improves their strength. And the reason has to do with that uh, cooling down the body itself postpones the perception of fatigue and uh, prevents your basically your body tapping out before that. So a lot of the reasons why you tap out during exercise is because you're reaching uh, overheating from the muscles and cooling down your body before the exercise postpones that a little bit. So cooling down your hands and feet or your forehead before the exercise will help you to exercise longer uh, because most of your heat evaporates from these um, glabrous skin parts. So the forehead, the palms of the uh, hands, uh, soles of the feet, I mean testicles are also that part, uh, this is a glabrous skin, so this, you know, different kinds of skin than uh, the actual skin and uh, that's where you evaporate the most heat. So you could, yeah, cool down your testicles before exercise, um, which helps with, yeah, like sperm count, but it also will boost your performance probably by cooling down your entire body. So that's the fastest way to cool down your entire body. You don't need to go into an ice bath to cool down your entire body. You can just cool down your hands, your forehead, your uh, balls (laughs) or your feet. And uh, that's the fastest way to cool down it. Uh, I wouldn't do it after the workout, probably. Maybe like just cold water if you're taking a shower. Cold water on the testicles can also, you know, cool down the testicles. You don't want to overheat the testicles. And exercise may raise the temperature. But uh, yeah, generally the best time to do it is before sleep. Because that's where your natural hormonal cycle peaks before, uh, like, you know, in the early parts of the night. So cool down the testicles before sleep and... uh, that can have like a positive effect on your hormone levels uh, during sleep. How can I increase my white blood cell count? Uh, So uh, my favorite ways or the reason that uh, I have good white blood cell count is that I do fasting, saunas and exercise. I think those are the best natural ways to uh, raise that. And those uh, white blood cell counts can also raise if you had like an infection. So if you suffer some sort of viral or bacterial infection, you've been sick recently, then that can also just raise the white blood cell counts because your body's, you know, recently dealt with the infection. What's a good exercise routine while pregnant? Um, Well, I don't think that you should do powerlifting. (laughs) I don't think that you should do CrossFit either. Uh, Maybe bodybuilding is also too much, but I mean, you should still lift some weights or do some form of resistance training. And uh, that can be, yeah, just, um, you know, moving the bar, even like an empty bar, um, or something depends on your level of strength. But uh, obviously don't go for like 80% of your max, uh, which you you would normally do with powerlifting, but you would want to maybe stick to, yeah, like just 60% 
something like that do you focus more on like higher reps um, and uh, don't go to like complete failure but some form of exercise resistance training is still beneficial uh, for um, you know rebounding back from the pregnancy especially for women yes um, thoughts on crossfit style exercise i think that uh, crossfit can be good if you do it the right way so you need to first of all make sure that you practice good form you don't do like this crazy um <laughs> uh, I, I think the worst is the heavy weight, uh, high intensity um, Olympic lifts like the snatch and clean and jerk with very short rest periods. So in a competition frame, you're trying to, okay, I'm trying to win and you're doing like this very complex movements with heavy weights like these cleans and uh, snatches. And that's a like recipe for injury because yeah, you like your, your adrenaline and your, you know, I'm trying to win. So you're being more, let's say, loose with the form and that can be a dangerous thing for yeah getting injured so i wouldn't do that but uh, as a training methodology it's still you know good for conditioning you learn different movements and you're getting a good cardio workout as well the biggest problem i think from a programming side is that many people try to do all things at once so they do these workouts like fran or whatever murph and uh, yeah they're good for testing but they're not good for actually getting stronger or actually improving your conditioning so you need to do those things separately so have a separate powerlifting program and a separate cardio program and uh, you know make the match don't overlap them um, and then try to get stronger in the powerlifting side and then try to get stronger and or better and doing in the cardio side and then test it with the crossfit style uh, workouts to get better at the movements and stuff and uh, do more tabata style uh, workouts so yeah i think don't try to get all of the like strength endurance mobility and conditioning in one workout you need to do the goals in uh, separate workouts so have a strength workout have a hypertrophy workout if you're interested have an endurance workout separately and that's how the pros actually do it as well so they're not you know doing a lot of these crazy movements all the time do, do, do. best ways to build muscle and lose fat simultaneously as a woman is this a unicorn? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, yeah, women can very easily uh, build muscle and lose fat at the same time. And I would argue that it's actually easier for them, uh, at least initially, because they tend to come from, um, you know, uh, lower training status. So they're not used to training that much, probably, or they've done like, let's say, step class uh, or uh, aerobic workouts. So generally, if they start to do like a good uh, resistance training program with weights, like a power building uh, focus doing like these compound lifts and like uh, focusing on progressive overload and getting stronger then that's you you can do just what, this one thing and you will see uh, muscle growth and uh, fat loss just by doing that uh, from a diet side just uh, kind of similar focus maybe women uh, don't need or shouldn't eat that much protein i think they should still have high protein but not as much as men um, and uh, definitely more carbs and uh, not low fat. They need to get at least like 30% of 35% of their uh, calories as fat. And last question, thoughts on fisetin in small dosage daily versus mega dosage for five days per month. So I personally think that it's probably smarter to do like two or three times a day, no, sorry, two or three times a week with a slightly larger dose um, you know, per week so that uh, you would still have get the benefits from fisetin, which helps to clear senescent cells and raise energy levels. Uh, so you would get that uh, on a weekly basis. 
uh, on a daily basis, it's not good because it can also interfere with, you know, again, like muscle adaptations and uh, you don't want to, you know, do it every day to clear out senescent cells. Doing it like only like a lar large mega dose uh, once a month, I don't think is also that ideal um, because, you know, you're, you're, you'll be doing it only once a month, uh, which is not enough frequency in my opinion. So two times a week, maybe, you know, like a double dose which you normally would so normal dose would be like maybe 400 milligrams so you can do like 800 or 600 something like that all right so that's it for this q a if you want to ask me a question again then uh, make sure you follow me on instagram at seamland and i'll be doing it uh, shortly other than that thanks for watching this video make sure you click the like subscribe notification bell as well my name is seam stay optimized stay empowered